Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of... Okay, let's start. (laughs) Do you want to do that again? Going so well already. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Star Spangled Eurovision. Um, I am Max, and I'm here again with Alex and Bart. Hello. Yeah, whatever. Okay. We had to redo the introduction three times because Max is drunk after a date, so here we are now. Fine. (laughs) Yes, and when I get drunk, I get very anal about everything. Uh, Anyway, welcome back to another episode. Um, so it's been a big few weeks uh, for Eurovision stuff um, as national finals are really getting into gear. Uh, countries are starting to choose their acts. And so we'll be definitely getting a lot more acts over the next couple of weeks. But today we'll be going over the four newest acts as of recording on February 13th. Uh, so those acts are Australia, Italy, Montenegro and the UK, which have picked their entries to represent them in Tel Aviv. And Ooh, so exciting. <laughs> You don't seem very enthused, Bart. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting to see what, what all these four countries bring. Also, I thought it was Jerusalem. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> it's almost like you're not part of this podcast. I'm just saying, they were saying. <laughs> and all of 2018, we're going to welcome you to Jerusalem. Anyway, just keep going, just keep going. Okay. Um, before we get to that, Finland uh, also announced that Daruda would be representing their country this year. Um, you probably know him from his 1999 hit, Sandstorm. Literally uh, no one remembers that. Okay, but you know what Sandstorm Yeah, is, but right? can, you, can you play it when this happens? Because, like, honestly, if I, I know what it sounds like, but otherwise I wouldn't remember it. I, okay. I want our fans to have it, like, blasting in their We'll ear. play yeah. a tiny clip of it uh. going... <laughs> For those uh, of you wondering what Bart was doing, he was fist pumping into the air with his eyes closing. Uh, 1999. Because we were all very conscious of the hottest electronic tracks at that time. Exactly. Uh, anyway, I you wasn't def- that old. <laughs> you mean young? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think the fact that you weren't that old is the point of what. Okay. Never mind. Um, I was in, is all I'm saying. I knew. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Daruda will be pairing up with fellow Finn Sebastian Raymond, um, and one of the three, three tracks that they have done together will be picked at Finland's national selection in early March. Um, the first potential track is already released, and it's appropriately called Release Me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay, fine. <laughs> the song is asking for it. It's out. It's there. <laughs> I think it's, it's like here. that 30 Rock episode where it's like, my single, my single is dropping, is dropping. <laughs> But in real life, (laughs) art imitates reality. (laughs) Hashtag Finland. (laughs) Just the whole country. Also announced, uh, Sergei Lazarev will be flying the Russian flag once again at Eurovision. Um, I'm sorry, this excites me. I know, you seem very excited. For those of you who might not have been there, uh, Sergei Lazarev was Russia's representative in 2016. Let me get this straight. You're like, you guys probably remember this song from 1999, but then you guys probably don't remember this song from 2016. Okay, one was a global hit and one was a very specifically Eurovision song. So no, just you're the only one 
was a net like beyond a national hit. It was a treasure to this world. I will back up that I heard a blasting from an arcade meant for sixteen to eighteen year olds at Rehoboth Beach on the boardwalk. Really? Can you please high five me for that? That's incredible. Um, yeah, it was a very bizarre moment. Honestly, I don't know where they found it in some like banal treasure trove of pop hits to blast. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but he's hot, so I'm excited. That's true. Yeah, I remember when he again. did that porn where he was chained some woman to it a radiator. Porn, it was a photo shoot. <laughs> it was a bound very to sexy turn it, photo shoot. It was bound to turn into porn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Sergey, this is an exciting announcement because Sergey did really well at Eurovision in 2016. He came in third overall, but he did win the televote. Um, so he could be a really con- real contender this year um, if they put as much work into. Uh, the performance as they did in 2016, uh, which was honestly one of the most memorable performances I think I've ever seen. Also, they spent like an exorbitant amount of money on him, right? They I mean, did. wasn't that just to more lose to Ukraine? Than... But yes, they did. Yeah. So I had to see who they rip off this year since they ripped off Mons and Heroes last time. <laughs> That's fair. I'm excited to see how much Putin personally invests in him this year from what he did last time. I think he's going to pull off a Netta. <laughs> <laughs> At least this year we can just shamelessly boo them. It's true. (laughs) But you can't feel guilty about booing them because as far as we know, Sergei Lazarev is not disabled. Okay, we're not 100% sure about that, guys. And also, it's a little ableist. Okay. (laughs) Austria has also chosen uh, singer-songwriter Panda. (laughs) Great name. Can you say how it's spelled? P-A-E-N-D-A, which I think it's still Panda. Um, she was chosen through an internal selection, uh, and her song Limits will be revealed later this month. Like the limits of Austria ever making it. No, they actually, did they very really well, well last year, year. Right. and Conchita won. So right. let's not write <laughs> off Austria as a contender. Sorry, I was trying to make like a gag, and then I thought about it halfway through, and I was like, actually, they're pretty good. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> And finally, Israel had their national selection last night, and the winner of that was Kobe Marimi. Uh, He will be representing the host country of Israel at Eurovision this year, which means he makes it straight to the final, um, along with the other Big Five. And his song will be chosen separately and announced sometime in March. For those who are unaware, the Big Five are? Germany, Italy, France, Spain, and the UK. Thank you. You could have named them. You knew that. No, I know. I just wanted to bring some suspense and diversity in voices. Okay. Yeah, she's like the Watson character. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, today we'll be discussing the four newest entries, as Max mentioned. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we'll be starting with uh, Australia, who is sending Kate Miller Heidke uh, with her song Zero Gravity. So should we take a listen? Let's do it. Oh, Zero Gravity. And it feels like 
did we think? So I feel like the Australian case is like the same as the British and Irish and like you speak English. You have like a lot of popular pop culture in your country that just spreads internationally and it should almost be too easy. But this just made it seem like, oh, like I really want to fit into the Eurovision quirky, you know, weirdness style. And I actually I like the song. But the like the live performance is a little weird with like that woman being flung around like a corn dog <laughs> in the background. Just like, and she's just on stilts like dancing. I'm, I'm a little confused as to how I don't know. It'll be interesting. I just I remember hearing like the studio version of this. I was like, this is interesting. I can get behind this. And I saw the live performance. I was like, this is just like knockoff Alina Nechayeva from mm-hmm. Estonia last year. Yeah. And there was a great meme that I saw after this that was just like they had the two side by side. And it was just like under Alina is like Chanel versus Walmart. <laughs> also, like, I, uh, to add to that, like with the Estonian version, like she's kind of do, They're doing, doing the same like, dance minimal, moves, but she's doing like minimal considering it's opera. So she's like kind of doing these, you know, lighthearted sways wherein this like has that kind of like techno pop beat. Where you're like, it's really weird for you to be trying to dance to an intense pop beat when you can't move your lower body. Like, it's just like, what are you doing? Just reminds me of the uh, <laughs> remix of La Forza. <laughs> that was a dope remix for the record. I mean, honestly, I I kind of just, I mean, I definitely it's just like a knockoff of a lot of songs in the past. But I mean, it is just like when looking at like the options in the Australia Decides who like, me and Max personally did kind of like 2000 whatever a little bit more but like this does have like like it has like ready-made staging it's memorable like you have the headpiece you have like the weird woman in black in the background like you definitely don't forget it and whereas like I feel like Australia has been pretty good about saying like very good just like generic classic pop songs the past few years like they've ended up kind of underperforming sometimes so like they were definitely trying out the kind of weirder Eurovision look I honestly really wanted to hate this song on first listening since it's a knockoff, but it does have that very, like, rousing classic pop part at the end. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, almost like the first two minutes are kind of like whatever, but, like, you're left with this very, like, vivid image, like, the woman rocking back and forth, like, the repeated chorus, and, like, it gets very poppy. So I think that's where it does differ from Alina last year. It's not just pure opera with, like, stage props. It's, like, the opera, the stage props, and then, like an earworm at the end. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it does. I mean, I definitely, I agree. And like, I definitely wanted 2000 whatever to win because it's just, it's such a good song. And I thought they brought so much fun energy to the stage and just, it's so much more aligned with my personal tastes. Um, but I'm not mad about this because I'm kind of really glad that they're sending something weird to Eurovision and just like, that's what Eurovision is. It's fucking weird. <laughs> and so like, this is like, people are going to see this on, you know, the day of the final or semifinal or the final if they make it. And they're just going to be like, what the fuck? And that's <laughs> honestly, that's what we're all here for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I'd, I'd add that, you know, this is weird, but she can sing. Like, yeah, she's a very really. good singer. And I think that that is like a key contrast to, for example, France. Yeah. Where it's like personality 
is so much, but you know, he or she at the end of the day, it's about the voice, yeah, and she really and can. The, the performance. So, um, I would honestly be surprised if Australia didn't fare better than France at this point. Oh, I'm sure I think this is going to do really well just because one, the wow factor of the performance, like just the fact that it's really mm-hmm. out there and weird. Also, the song is catchy, it's a good song. The structure is not your typical mm-hmm. pop song, too. It, you know, I think it's going to do pretty well. Do you want yeah. the next one? Yeah, let's go to the next one. So uh, we're going to look at or listen to um, Soldi by Mahmoud, who won Italy's San Remo Festival and will be representing Italy, <laughs> Alex's favorite country. It's my favorite country, but can I also just say that he's an Italian-Egyptian immigrant? So like when you listen to the song and you kind of get a feel for it, I don't know. I just, I, I hear a lot of that in his song and it's really great. So che devi dire non l'hai detto, tradire una pallottola nel petto, prendi tutta la tua carità, venti a casa ma lo sai che lo sa, su una sedia lei mi chiederà, mi chiede come va, come va, come va, sai già come va, come va, come va, penso più veloce per capire se domani tu mi fregherai, non ho tempo per chiarire perché solo ora so cosa sei, è difficile. So I know Italy is usually Alex's show, but I fucking love this song and I just... I love it. I yeah, want to be the first to say it. Steal? No. Okay, I already said it before the song played, so like that's fine. And I also <laughs> made an assertion in the first season that Italy is always my country, so I'm okay with that. I love the song and I love the participation of the clapping. I love his voice. I feel like it's very unique and he brings a lot of emotion to his song. However, you know, I feel like in in previous Eurovision competitions, like Italy, they're very, the so it's a San, San Remo. It's very low key in terms of tech and presentation. It's very dependent on the orchestra and the lighting, which once you get to Eurovision, you know, things are very different. People use a lot of tech, a lot of, you know, like staging and screens in the background, and you're not allowed to have as many people on stage. And I think that that's probably one of the things that affects Italy when they end up at Eurovision each time. And based on this presentation, like, I love it. I'd vote for it right here and now. But I'd be very interested to see how they're going to translate the staging to make it appealing in contrast to, like, all these kind of crazy Eurovision performances that are really going to bring that visual effect mm-hmm. to their performance. I definitely see that. I think, one, again, I, I love this song. I think the song itself is like, well, the lyrics are extremely personal. It comes through a lot in his performance and the way he sings it. Um, as far as staging goes, yeah, I think they definitely are probably going to go with something simple. But I think there's definitely a way, especially with the camera work and like very specific lighting that you can make 
make the staging really intimate, kind of like Loreen in 2012, where it's, it literally is just, you know, the way the camera moves and, you know, specifically where the light goes, because it was just black and white lights mostly and just like really technical camera work. And but it made it very intimate. It's almost like you were it was outside of the arena, right? Like not part of the whole thing. It was its own thing. So I think if they if they're able to do that and really capture the intimacy of the song and of of the message, I think that this could do really well. I think it's going to do really well anyway. It's already like I think it's an incredible song. It's a little it's unique. It's not like other Eurovision songs like this year so far, but I think in general, I mean, I don't know how many people are going to understand the words, obviously. I mean, I feel, like that's speaks Italian. I feel like that's Italy's, that's always go Italy's to, weakness. Like, Italy, uh, but Italy's go to is that their song is always very different from all the others. Like, if true. you understand what they're talking about, it yeah. always has a deep message. However, because it's always in Italian, I think that sometimes that flies over people's heads. But I would say, like, so what this actually reminds me most of, not necessarily sonically, but it kind of reminds me of Stromae's Papa Ute. And that, that song, like, the theme is very similar, but that song's also, like, it's a global hit, but it's all in French. So, okay, because you mentioned this, can we real quick talk about the lyrics, right? Yeah. Because I read a lot of translations, and I had a lot of discussions with Bart, and I had a couple of you, uh, with you, Max. So, this song, I mean, do we agree, then, that this is kind of aimed at his father and mm-hmm. how he doesn't live up to his expectations. And because he also talks about his mother in a couple of verses, as far as I understand from like the translation that I read. And I was a little confused as to maybe whether that was just a bad translation. Do we think that this is just him not living up to expectations? And he's like, you're always asking me what I'm doing, like what, when I'm bringing in money um, all these other things, you know, yeah. that he discusses in the verses, but that's aimed at his father because he also talks about his mom. I'm, I'm just a little confused. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't really have an answer to that as I'm not an Italian translator, but not to, like, dump cold water in Italy, but I feel like that's partially the problem, which my whole thing is, is as Alex mentioned, like, I feel like San Remo always gives us, like, gravitas to songs because they have the full orchestra behind them, and I personally have always felt a little burned um, after... Francesco Gabbani got Ralph for Occidentale's Karma, but even yes. for a song like that, where you don't think the orchestra provides that much, even as much as, like, the clapping in the background or the ole in the background for that, like, it does kind of add something that Italy hasn't always translated to the stage. And for me, I mean, I don't think this song is Euphoria and this song isn't Papa Ute because there's not that dance beat. There's That's not true. that same thing that you can connect to without language. And honestly, Italy, I think, overperformed last year. And the way they got around that was by translating their lyrics on the screen (laughs) for everyone to watch. So I'm just afraid that I think this just reminds me a lot, honestly, most of France last year, not in terms of sonically. I think it's like a very interesting song with a very deep message. Um, But like the stage, like there is you had like the clapping this year. You had like the dance move last year that like we thought was going to be very audience participatory. Mm -hmm. But then it actually just ends up kind of getting lost amidst all of the Kate Miller head keys and all the other stuff. And there's so many like flashing lights and it's not so, so Salvador, so brawl. So I have a question. I have a question for you guys. Like, and that is Italian. I mean, granted, you know, this was different for Portugal because they won. But that was also like a very unique mm-hmm. song. Like, but Italian is not one of the kind of main languages that you learn either. But it seems like. They're finding really innovative ways to create these very heartfelt songs. 
But Italian is not one of the main languages in contrast to like German and uh, to German and French, where in a lot of the partners within the European Union or within Europe, you know, the contestants are actually going to understand what they're saying. So I'm wondering whether or not because they are main country, they don't have to compete in the semifinal because they're one of the top countries. Do we think that it maybe dings them? linguistically because they're going under the assumption that you know oh sing in your own language it's this romance language wherein for a lot of countries it's like french and german at least like when i was growing up like those are the primary languages that you're offered as a kid yeah so in terms of understanding what's going on for French and German songs, there's a lot, there's a higher statistical likelihood than there is for Italian. I mean, I would still say that, like, I would, I would point to Sal versus Raul as an example of like, this is a song in a language in Portuguese that, like, you know, it's not a widely spoken language in Europe among the voting countries, but you know, it really came through in Salvador's performance, the emotion. The song was a little different than the rest of the Eurovision offering, so it stood out. I think some of that effect could help with um, how well Italy does this year, because I think, again, it doesn't sound like anything else that is at Eurovision so far. I don't think it's going to, I think any other songs that are going to come out this year are going to sound like it. I think the singer's personal relationship to the song is really going to come through. I mean, it kind of, it comes through in this performance at Sanremo. I think that authenticity factor is probably one of the biggest deciders of who does well at Eurovision and who doesn't. But see, I and I think to, this is dripping with authenticity. But see, like, I don't mean to, like, you know, drag out the conversation in Italy, but I feel like authenticity, originality are things that kind of seep through in all the Italian entries. I mean, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I thought that Occidentalismo was also, like, yeah, it was a little more upbeat, but it was, like, very original. Like, it was, It was but... very much his song. Yeah. And last year, that was also, I mean, granted, you know, like it was sung at a bit more of a high tempo, but that very much related to them on a very personal level because they were both immigrants. Yeah. Their families had both experienced kind of that and war I and that trauma and they, they were using it through their music. The, I mean, the only thing I'd say is that like they didn't win, but they did really well. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. there is a universe in which, you know, Italy could have won those years. They have gone very close before. In 2015, Il Volo came in second. Mm -hmm. um, I think Marco Mangoni came in, like, what, third in 2013 or something like that? But then to combine to combine what you and Bart were saying, like, they partially translated. The, like, that was their performance was to translate the importance of their message. Well, that was last year. Screen. But I mean, in general, like, Italy does pretty well at Eurovision in general, regardless of the fact that they usually sing in Italian. And what maybe kept them from winning is the strength of the other songs. So what if this song just doesn't have, you know, the same kind of competition? And that's what's keeping, that's what's kept Italy out of it before. Well, then I think what do you that's think? a good sign to go on to the next song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so the next song, we're going to be listening to Montenegro's entry, Heaven. Or, sorry, the song is Heaven, performed by Dimon, who won Montevisia last weekend. Let's take a listen. I'm in heaven falling, I'm in heaven falling, straight into your heart. Falling, I get you while you're falling. 
is Slavka. Oh, yeah, this is not that. <laughs> Decidedly not. Thoughts? Honestly, if there were like, how many were there on stage? Like five Six. or fucking 15, whatever. Like, if there were 15 Slavkas on stage, that would have been better than this. Obviously, more there Slavka, were, the better. There were like two people who could like actually sing on key out of the six. <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy that like they could sing in harmony, but not separately. Because I whenever like there were like one or two who could do their solos and the rest like when if, I mean, harmonies always sound cool for Eurovision. It's always like a bit striking, but like the song just feels outdated. Half of them can't sing solo. And the yeah. cameraman knew in advance who could sing because <laughs> yeah. they kept zooming in on those two people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the record, um, the clip we'll be playing is from the studio version, but we've been watching the actual live performance at the national final, which we will link to in the show notes. So please uh, take a listen and like, it's not see for yourself. Like if you want, if you want to cringe a little bit, because it's bad. Just to see that we're not being assholes to my neighbor. Oh my god! It's, I mean, like, the we would love to support. was bad. Original? No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like this is like the best acapella group at your high school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that it was good. I'm saying the staging was original. Like I'd never seen people set up like music notes before. Like Whoa. that is a new concept. <laughs> really know if it is. I don't think so. I feel like for that. I feel like like a third grade choir teacher came up with that one. For for Eurovision, I think like a third grade choir teacher wrote that song. To be honest, yeah. I mean, it was it like was she was just bad. like, I'm really nostalgic for the '90s, and I'm gonna write this song with lots of country harmonies. And for I know that this was, country song with lots of harmonies. I know that it was in English, but because like a lot of them were off key, I was so distracted that I couldn't even actually really listen to the lyrics other than the fact that they were falling yeah they were falling from heaven or into heaven how do you or fall falling in, in love in heaven <laughs> i don't know like they're so wait is it about like going deep. to hell because they're falling from heaven no, are they lucifer I, like, I assume like it was just falling into love or something okay wait 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 so falling from heaven into love so love is hell or no, earth i think so love is earth because, like, Earth is between heaven and hell, right? Only metaphysically. <laughs> Did the Machinankrans think of this before they wrote this song? What is it? Oh, no, it's I'm in heaven falling straight into your heart. Oh! Uh, really makes sense. I mean, I didn't I'll really... catch you while you're falling. I could hear your heart calling into my arms. Wait, are they falling or are they catching someone falling? I think every, everyone's falling. But they're also everyone's falling because this is bad, and that's super. The Eurovision gods have smote them. Definitely not salty. I don't think we need to like really close read the lyrics. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm just saying if there's one thing you've you've been taught when like flying a plane is like secure yourself first before (laughs) you secure someone else. You can't be falling and helping someone else who's falling. Okay. Well, much like last year, Montenegro fails to deliver. They're gonna Aww. lose. This They're gonna like lose. Crazy. They're not gonna no, make I'm it so out of the sorry. semis. Probably. What was their name again? Of these guys. Demol. Yeah, I mean. What does that mean? Be... Does that mean something? Probably like denote so. or something. I don't know. Maybe. But... I don't know. I'm not here for this. I mean, I'm giving nonsense. you a D for a grade if that helps. Bring back Slavka. <laughs> 
Okay. Especially with like Sergey in the mix, you got to bring more than that. So maybe they maybe they heard the rumors and were like, "Well, we're not even going to try this year." <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to move on to our final act of the night. Bye, Montenegro. And hello, UK. Traditionally, one of the worst. So let's let's always let's the worst. <laughs> take a listen and see if they're living up to their reputation. Take my hand. I'll lead you home Can you understand You will never be alone It's bigger than us It's bigger than you and me It's bigger than us It's bigger than everything we see Cause I can feel the universe When I'm feeling you breathe It's bigger than us And it's bigger than you So we just heard Michael Rice singing Bigger Than Us. Um, And honestly, it's just fine. I mean, I feel like the UK can always do better than it does (laughs) and just never does. Um, It just feels like a very kind of generic white boy, semi-soulful, semi-poppy, like belted out song. I mean, he definitely is a good singer and he sells, I guess, what he has decently well. But yeah, it's Come, come away feeling not very impressed or inspired. I think given the fact that it's not really his song, he sells it really well. I think so. I was listening to an interview with, I guess, one of the people who runs Eurovision, You Decide. And he was and like they're asking him, so like what makes like a Eurovision winner? And he's just like, well, it's, you know, it's all about authenticity or like something like that. And I was just like, well, nothing about this format, you know, really... Or some is authentic, right? Because mm-hmm. like they what they do is they like pick three random songs and then pick artists to sing those songs and have those artists face off of each other. So like mm-hmm. these artists aren't singing songs that they're necessarily involved in creating. I guess I mean they have a probably a say in the arrangement, right? But like I think for what he's given, he sells it really well. Like he's got a great voice. I just don't think the format itself does not lend itself to any kind of like real anything really good i think lucy jones a couple years ago was able to sell it really well and do really well because she is a broadway actress and she can sell the fuck out of anything probably yeah and it was a good song but yeah the uk it just that's why it doesn't do well especially in this format like, and i oh. i feel like so two people competed for the song and one of them had kind of like a more of an acoustic version that i thought was just a more I don't know. It just felt a little bit more of a original delivery than this one did. I mean, to me, I was like, okay, yeah, like he has a voice. He can sing it. But this just sounds kind of like a generic radio tune that I wouldn't really be paying attention to. And I'm wondering if like, I don't know, they kind of they shoot themselves in the foot by just assuming that that's what Europe wants is like that. Yeah. Just generic pop beat that always makes it to the top of the chart. Yeah, this doesn't even have a beat. This is just like a like an off-brand Grammy performance. Yeah. Like an off-brand Tim Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna bring up Lucy Jones too, actually. Cause I mean like it didn't seem like that much beforehand, but then it's like she could sell it so well and belt mm-hmm. out those notes. And they had that really like cool kind of simple but at the same time elaborate staging where it was just like the light kind of going in and out of her, yeah. if that makes sense, with the big yeah. LED backdrop. 
So like, we'll see if they can maybe work some magic on this, but I'm honestly just like not... I really don't see that kind of same potential in this song. As yeah, and, the, and, I, and I would say for, like, the, the like, not majority, but a large amount of popular Eurovision songs were not actually written by the artists. Like, they were written by someone else to either accommodate their voice or just because the country decided that the songwriter was going to write it and someone had to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I would necessarily ding them on that because it does seem to have had some success with artists in the past but yeah no I, I mean I think the UK just doesn't have the right formula which is interesting because like you look at Australia mm-hmm. who are kind of running this similar format who do no, a lot better format's different because the people going to Australia that's those are their songs right well yeah but I mean like they're both but they're like they're all voting for thinking like oh this is something that's gonna win Eurovision yeah you know I mean yeah granted they get to write their own songs and you know stop, like you can be as creative as you can with um like what Australia is sending this year right like that kind of thing is never gonna come out of the UK final mm-hmm. in that format there, there's no room for it. And so just it, I think it really stifles the UK. They really either should have like a proper national final where like people can write their own songs, submit their own acts, have a competition show. Maybe That's actually a really good recommendation. And that yeah. like the UK, like they were the originators of um, like the UK's Got Talent or whatever, like or Britain's Got, whatever it's called. Like they are huge on these kind of musical television shows. Like, The Voice is really popular there. Like, why do they insist on having this separate format where they just don't pull off successful candidates when I think they really could if they just maybe picked the platform that the public were more interested in? And even when they, like, tried to send celebrities and big names, like, they picked fucking Engelbert Humperdinck, Blue... Okay, no, Blue was amazing. You guys can all shut the fuck up. They're name? one of my favorite boy bands of all time. Yes, from, Ten times from, better than from NSYNC. what decade? Exactly, right? No, no, they were around They were around the same time as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Yeah, and then and they, they sent, sent them, them in like 2014. Exactly. Yeah, or still like, better. Still better. They sent Bonnie Tyler in like the early 2000s or late 2000s, right? Like, <laughs> No, listen, send Blue all the time. But They're amazing. What I'm saying is that the UK has so many talented artists. Send Westlife. Oh my God. I love they Westlife. Said, They're my favorite boy band. I only sent Nicky Byrne from Westlife like two years ago and he didn't even get out of the semis. Okay, that's because you didn't have the whole band. <laughs> like you need all of Westlife and just sing when you're looking like that. Like you will win Eurovision. Boom. That's like literally the Boom. point of Eurovision is that you can't just do that. Yeah. No, I remember, but I'm just saying. And boy bands don't this, do well. Remember Jedward? star potential. Okay, are you talking about Denmark like, three Jedward. years ago? Oh, Jedward, yeah. Oh, awesome. yeah, and Denmark three years ago. <laughs> they did not do well either. <laughs> they didn't make it out of the semi. No, they did not. Guys, I'm very upset. Anyway, <laughs> my point is that the UK has a lot of talented artists. So either do a format where they can be creative or send someone who's like a real person. 
Send Dua Lipa. I want Dua Lipa at Eurovision. Dua Lipa's like much better places to be than Eurovision. I think, I think if Kosovo ever decides to be in Eurovision, they're going to send Dua Lipa. Could Kosovo decide to be in Eurovision or would someone have to let them in? Okay, when they get let into Eurovision. So before we like move on with this dialogue, Blue, if you're listening, oh we love you. This is not a diss on you. You are the greatest. Keep doing you. There's no Love we you. in that statement, and it's very much time for this to end. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, of the eight so far, what would you guys say is your favorite? Italy. All right. Which is my favorite, or which do I think will Both. win? Um, honestly, probably still Spain. Okay. I I think I like Italy the most. And I think it has the best potential so far. Although I think Australia is going to do pretty well. So what do yeah. you think is the worst? Montenegro. <laughs> I don't know. Czech Rep- I mean, Czech Republic's had that weird vibe. The Czech Republic has grown on me. I'm not going to lie. The more I listen to it, the more I'm like, okay with that song. And yeah, it's so very it hasn't odd. grown on me. And if it has, it's more like a growth that has to be removed. <laughs> um. I stand by my statement, though, that the recorded version of France is much better than... Yeah. than the live version. I mean, it's still fine. pretty bad, though. It, no, I feel like the live version comes across as a real song, honestly. The live version comes So, the, the recorded version comes okay. across yeah, well. because when they, like, were able to edit out, edit his vocals. When his voice is, like, auto-tuned and you can kind of, like, hear that, like, beat and the like, kind of nuances in the background, it comes across well. Yeah. But you but you can't do that. But live, I think it's his singing is just not good enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Star Spangled Eurovision. Uh, We will be back in two more weeks to discuss some more uh, Eurovision selections. And there's going to be a lot coming out. Even by the time this episode drops, there's probably going to be more uh, that have been released. Can't keep up. We cannot keep up. Uh, So tell us what you think. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on all social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Spangled Eurovision. On Twitter at SSE underscore pod. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been more active with the Twitter lately. Follow us on Instagram uh, at Star Spangled Eurovision. Yes. On our, like the Twitter, like our Twitter, on the account. Mm -hmm. You know, not the, okay. Uh, you follow us on Instagram at Star Spangled Eurovision. I've been putting my reactions to some national finals on the Insta story, which I hope you have found entertaining. If anyone watched it at all, I don't think anyone. Did. I did. You can see it if someone you saw. I know. I think like two people watched it, and they were both people I knew. So, um, it's fine. Everyone will watch our Instagram stories. Matt, are great. Literally making us sound so pathetic. <laughs> Latvians, where are you? <laughs> Come back. <laughs> we love you all. Send us an email at starspangledeurovision at gmail.com. Shout out to the real fans who made it this far. Uh, if you're Two listening people. to our podcast on iTunes, please give us a rate and a review. It helps more people find our podcast so we're not so sad about our following. And also, like, guys, Max is making a real effort. He doesn't even have an iPhone, but now he, <laughs> he has Apple Podcasts. So we cracked him, y'all. Uh, I only put it on iTunes because then more people will find the podcast, not because I approve of iTunes as a platform. And how many people have found it since you put on iTunes? A lot more, okay. A lot more <laughs> than we had before that. Go us! Okay, team.
Thank you for listening. <laughs> so long. Till two weeks from now. Bye.